Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Introduce the Smith family for us. You may know uh, that Chris and Melanie and Evan and Kaylin spent a little bit of time in Cactus, Texas at the Compassionate Ministry Center there this summer. Uh, if you've ever been on a mission trip before, whether that's overseas or here in the States, uh, you know that these trips can be incredibly impactful and transformative. And so we wanted to invite the Smiths to share a little bit of their story with us to see what God was able to do through them, but also uh, to see what it did in their own hearts and lives. And so let's go ahead and listen to what the Smiths experienced this summer and what God is up to there in Cactus. Good morning, Cross Community family. Uh, I just wanted to start by saying thank you to everybody for all the support uh, financially and prayers that we have gotten for our calls to missions. It has been a blessing to our family to be able to go out and represent cross-community into the world and be God's hands and feet to show everybody uh, just how much God loves everybody. And thank you again for all of your financial support and your prayers. Um, so Pastor Jeff asked us to kind of share a little bit about, um, a little bit of things about Cactus. And so we're going to kind of go for that. So um, the first thing I'll kind of do is Chris will explain a little bit about the the city of Cactus in Texas, which was very eye-opening to all of us when we got there. Uh, uh, Cactus is a little tiny city of about 3,000 people. Yeah. And in, in that 3,000 people, there is upwards of 30 different languages spoken. It is a high refugee immigrant population, but a very, very poor rundown area. There's a lot of old military housing, but then there's just uh, single wide trailers pulled in or whatever they could live in, and it's uh, a pretty rundown area. Um, when you walk through Cactus, it's a lot of mostly dirt roads in there, not much pavement going on. Um, the kids, what was the most thing that you were surprised when we walked through Cactus? Um, all the pets. Yeah, all the stray animals there. Yeah, lots of animals walking around. Um, so that was one thing that, you know, the kids noticed right away. Um, but the the cool thing about that, though, is the Nazarene Compassionate Ministries, which is right there in Cactus. So they have a building that um, was created, I guess I learned, was supposed to be just primarily a church. And they saw so much other need that they've kind of converted it into more than a church. Um, It actually serves a lot of the community's needs. I know um, they hold ESL classes there for anybody who would like to learn English. Um, They do citizenship courses there um, to help those who've come over to try to get um, permanent citizenship. Uh, they offer after-school um, programming, and uh, they also have a clinic there, which is a, the, a huge help because the closest town is Dumas, which is probably, what, about 20-minute drive? A 20-minute drive um, would be where they would have to go for any type of medical. 
and the well at the Cactus Ministry is um, making sure that they are able to always pay for services. So it's all on a sliding scale payment. Um, I think the the nurse there said that they only pay about twenty to thirty bucks to come in. So. Um, so they offer a lot. The other thing that's in there is they have a church. So they have the uh, church of the African African Church of the Nazarene um, that is held hold services right there as well, which would have been really cool to see. But due to COVID, they're not really holding services right there. So um, the Compassionate Ministries Center there is serves the community a lot, being kind of like a could definitely be a hub place for the community to come to. While we were there, um, we were able to talk with, uh, was it Phil? Is his name? Phil Anderson, who is the director, and just, you know, a couple of other people. And there's a lot of need there, especially right now during the time of COVID, because a lot of the work and witness teams that normally come to be of service and, um, and offer some financial backing are, are not coming right now. So... That doesn't mean that the need is any less there. If not, it's there's much more need than normal, but there's not enough people or money right now in order to um, service those needs just due to COVID. So some of the major needs is obviously financial backing to ministries. Um, and then the well is really looking at a way to purchase an EKG machine, uh, which can really help a lot of people in the area that are, um, needing just those tests to see what's going on. Um, I don't know if you would, can you recall anything else that they talked about that was a major need? Uh, just really space. Uh, they need more space. They would talked about even building a, a shed outside because a lot of the equipment they are storing inside could very well just go in a shed that would free up more space for being able to keep supplies inside that they need to keep away from any sort of wandering animals or whatever so they would definitely use a shed and any more space they could get um the space definitely i did hear somebody talk about that too because the well which serves a lot of people in the community um they have certain hours that they open but because they share the church space and some outdoor waiting space um it's hard to kind of maybe have kids there for after school stuff when the well is also open so um, because they share all that common area some of the other services during that time might be limited just because they don't have a separate area for the well the, the wellness clinic so yes space is definitely one of them um, so some of the things that we did while we were in cactus it was a very different time for sure um, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff because of COVID, so not a whole bunch of interaction with a bunch of people. Um, so we just had to do a lot of, I guess, the grunt work of things that they needed done. So, Yeah, I got to build shelving to be able to organize their supplies. When we went up into their balcony area, it was just a bunch of garbage bags full of clothing and other supplies. And uh, so I built lots of shelves that we made specifically that they could fit bins in. So Mel and the kids spent tons of time then organizing all of their clothing 
to go on those shelves. Um, and we did some painting touch-up and just really cleaned up the place. There wasn't a ton we could do with the COVID. There wasn't a lot of personal interaction with other people. So we just made the place as nice as possible for them. We actually had to clean up some of the stuff in their uh, dorms upstairs. We did a bunch of work up there, so it's all ready for the next group of working witness to come in. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, it was productive in the, the construction. Yes. You want to share something you did while you were there? Um, we made lunches, and we passed them out for the kids. No. Evan, do you want to share something else? Um, not really. Okay. okay. So, yeah, the, so the other things that we did is um, I was supposed to go be working on ESL curriculum with them, but because of COVID and everything, a lot of things changed, like, the day we were there. Uh, so instead of kind of being working on curriculum and teaching stuff, I became a laborer, which I did not pack clothes to do, but we made do. So, um, like Chris said, we did. I did, and so did the kids. A lot of painting touch-ups. Um, the or the upstairs was a huge task that took us several days up there um, with organizing and labeling and all that good stuff. Um, but the other thing is, is um, the co-directors of the family services there um, wrote a grant, and she got a grant in order to. Uh, feed the kids in the community over the summer because due to COVID, the schools there ran out of food to supply the students for lunches a lot earlier than what they normally would. And so those kids would have gone without lunch. And so she got all, she got, wrote this grant and got money in order to be able to pack lunches for any of the students who wanted to come by and get it. So the kids and I, that was one of our major things, is for about, gosh, I think it was two hours, two and a half hours each day, we would make all the food, prep it, put them all in bags, and then we would go outside and wait until they would drive up, and then we would give them their lunches, you know, chit-chat with them a little bit, and then just mark them off. Um, Luckily, the weather wasn't horrible when we were there, because that would have been a really hot two hours outside in the sun. Um, and you were averaging about like 35 kids that you were yeah, providing lunches for every day? about 35 lunches a day, which doesn't seem a whole bunch, but they had to come and pick them up. They weren't anything that was really delivered too much. Um, so about 35 a day is what we prepped and were able to provide. So that was a good chunk of our our afternoon. Um, and I can't remember, I think, you, I think you made a couple, like a hose rack, and we did some grounds cleaning and... Um, One of the houses that the people come to get lunches, they were concerned that they had had their little daughter in one of the rooms that had the hot water heater and the furnace in there, but there was no doors over those. So they actually pulled her out of that room and put her in a different room. So I ended up making a set of doors there because they wanted to feel safe with their being able to leave their daughter in her bedroom. So it was just another way to help the community out. I think Kaylin did some artwork on it to make it look pretty with some flowers and everything. So that was pretty cool. Um, I'm trying to think. Let's see. Our next question was, uh, where did we see God moving there? So we really, we we thought about that one quite a bit just because it was different. We we didn't have a lot of interaction with a whole bunch of people. So to see God uh, moving amongst 
people we really didn't see. We, I mean, we heard a lot about what the ministry provided to people in some of those stories, and we saw the thankfulness um, in people's faces when, when they were able to get the food. You could really tell that they were very thankful for it. Um, I would say the major one, though, is we really saw God move within our kids, our own kids. Um, they instantly made a connection with this group of kids that kept coming by every day for lunch and it was the highlight of their day when these kids would show up and they did all they did art projects with them and Mel did some uh, zucchini bread oh, cooking yeah. with the kids we had lots of zucchini left over after one of these um, they got another a food truck that would kind of come in and they had boxes of food for like each week and they'd get zucchinis and milk and fruits and all that well there was tons of zucchini left one day and I'm like hey let's make some zucchini bread and the kids didn't know what it was so we had fun doing that they liked the zucchini bread by the way <laughs> one, one way I see God working there too though is Rocky who is one of the people at um, Cactus Ministries is working on starting a Spanish language ministry down in um, church in Dumas in Dumas and that was what a great outreach that could be to mm-hmm. bring in that part of the population because um, yeah. she was a Puerto Rican, yeah. so a native speaker, and uh, what a great ministry that can be. Yeah. So, again, God worked through our own kids because this was their first missions work and witness trip, um, and we've really been um, wanting them to experience something. So when Thailand this summer didn't work out, we were just so happy that we were able to go to Texas in order to serve and give them a little bit of a taste of what it's like to kind of, you know, just be at the service of others. And they just jumped right in full-fledged and no complaining. We had long days we worked, and they were there the whole time working on it, made friends so fast and, like, good friends. Like, they connected really well with them. And to the point, like, they did not want to leave. Um, and now that they've learned that they had online schooling for Madawan, they want to go back and just stay in Texas for a while and just be there. So um, God was definitely working on their hearts. And they have the phone number. Yes. Um, and it, it really reinforced in me that when the opportunity is available to bring your kids on a mission trip, that they need to see God working in that way. But it's also, we wouldn't have made the connection with those kids the way our kids did. So it was just that one other little connection that can bring somebody closer to God. And just the simple friendship that they made can draw those kids into God's kingdom. And I think um, Rocky and um, Todd, who were the people who kind of coordinated us, I guess, um, basically said that it's so important to do this as a family because, you know, you're setting these examples for your children um, to become what God asks us to do. So, I mean, it was just a great experience, and I don't know. We loved it. We loved Cactus. We loved the people there. We were, we were sad to leave. Um, if I wouldn't have had to go back to work face-to-face, we probably would be there right now. Um for as long as we could be. So, Evan, what's your biggest memory of being in Cactus? What will you remember the most? Um, the kids 
Why? And the cat. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about this cat? Oh, so um, one day our dad and what, what's his name? Todd. Todd were moving wood from a truck, and they pointed out a cat. So me and Kaylin went over to go pet the cat while we were serving food, and we just got so attached to the cat. We um. She would just keep on coming back every day, and when we had our group of friends, everybody would just keep on petting the cat and giving the cat so much love. And the cat was. And, we and the cat was cat. pregnant. Oh yeah. And we really wanted it to have its babies before we left, but then the day <laughs> right after we left, we um it had its babies. Yeah. The cat's name was Callie. You yeah. named it Callie. I called her Mamacita, but you know. It's okay. <laughs> what would what's your memory of cactus? My friends. Louder. My friend and and Callie. Yep, and you've got your friend's phone number and address, so you can keep up with them. And yeah, I just called my um, my friend Melena from Texas. Just called me the, called me the other day. Yep, and why why was why is the friend so memorable to you? Mm-hmm. Because I liked hanging out with them. Okay. So there was there was um what. Six kids in the family, and they just gravitated to us a lot. Um, and that was another place I think I saw God working was in those kids. They they just craved interactions. Um, mom's a single mom and worked in Dumas, so she would leave every day, and it would be the six of the kids there by themselves. Um, the oldest being eighth four. grade, Fourteen. Kaylin's age, and the youngest being four. Um, and I just think that they just loved being around Kaylin and Evan, and we they enjoyed Chris, grabbed Chris, wanting them to go on all the monkey bars and everything all the time, yeah, and we went to a park. you know, hearing their life stories. It's that's what you're there for, and I don't know. I would just be there for those kids no matter what. <laughs> um, so yeah, <clears throat> the, my big what I got out of it was just like going to when we went to Croatia you got this in your mind you're going to go and read the Bible to somebody or you're just going to be all about God the whole time and you turn out to be a laborer but now you are just being a Christ-like representative to them you're showing them God's love and how great his kingdom is through your actions and neither of my mission trips I've really spoken a word of God's greatness to anybody, but I have to do it through my actions and serving these people and humbling myself to serve kids lunches and all that kind of stuff. And it was just such a great feeling to be out there doing uh, God's work. Yeah, so I think what I'll remember most, oh goodness, I just think I'll remember everything. The kids definitely, but everywhere I go, I don't know, the kids just gravitate and I just, I don't know. I feel for them a lot. But um, I don't know. I think I'll just... I re- I'll remember Rocky and Todd. <laughs> um, just the family there that we had dinner with them. And they had, they've only been there for three months as the coordinators. And they have so many, like, goals for that place, which are amazing. Um but it's only it's only a small group of people right now trying to do all of that and establish it. So prayers for them are like like if you think about cactus, pray for them and the ministry there because there's so many amazing things that they're doing. But because of the 
COVID and everything right now, it's um, it's harder for them. But not impossible. Of course, not impossible. Hmm. But we'll need as many people as they can in order to help them out. But Father well, Mrs. Estrella and her sister. Yeah. We we all miss Texas. Yeah. I think we would go back there and live there, except there was, like, nothing there. I mean, it's tumbleweeds. <laughs> and prairie and dogs. And prairie dogs. We did see some wild prairie dog there, which was a highlight of one of our days. And the, the morning stink of driving oh, past yes. the uh, cows. Yep, so some of the not-so-pleasant things is getting used to the cow smell because JBS is right there in Cactus. That's the main em- employer. That's why a lot of the refugees um, and immigrants are kind of in the Cactus area um, because of the job opportunity there through JBS. Now, I will say, um, just to kind of wrap it up, um, it, Cactus is kind of a town on the move, and I shared with a couple of people that while we were there, NPR was in there trying to do, and doing an interview, or BBC. The BBC. BBC was in there doing an interview with Phil, and um, they published it. So it's really cool, and it gives a whole background of Cactus and the area. But it's it's growing. They have a new school they're building that should be done within the next couple years. Um, they have new housing that JBS is trying to start for their workers. So there's some great, amazing things going on there. And it what an exciting time for um, the Church of the Nazarene to be involved as well, to make a huge impact on those. So, um, yeah, there's a nutshell of our trip. There's so much more to share, and we would love the opportunity to share with you. So if you have any questions or, you know, we can do a Zoom call, one-on-one, whatever you want. It's fine. We love talking about it. Um, but, but, yeah. Just thanks again for the blessing our family with your prayers and with your financial support. It has been amazing to go out and serve these people yes. and uh, made lifelong memories with our kids. So yeah. thank you all again. Uh, one last thing, though, I want to tell you. Thank you from the well. I needed to pass it on from you from the nurse there that all of the donations that you guys supplied actually almost tripled the supplies that they had there. So they were extremely happy. And I was actually able to give them, um, I think, a check for $100 as well from funds that we didn't use on supplies that we just gave straight to them. So very, very grateful. So thank you, church, so much for everything that you do and all the support that you offer. All right. Bye. So we want to say thank you to the Smiths for taking the time to share with us this morning. Uh, And thank you for being sensitive to the Lord's leading in your life. Many of you watching know that the Smiths were supposed to travel overseas for missions this summer. And obviously all of those plans changed. But when they did, they just found another way to serve there in Texas. And so thank you for sharing your heart with us this morning. It really is contagious and really amazing to see how God was able to use you. I love Chris said that you go into stuff like this, uh, sometimes expecting to be talking about Jesus the whole time and, and preaching the good news and those kinds of things, but it really ends up being sometimes how you show the love of Christ through your actions and serving other people. And so thank you to the Smiths for allowing God to use you and for really helping us catch a glimpse of what the kingdom of God looks like in your testimony this morning. So let me pray for us as we go. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the Smiths and for their service. And we pray for Cactus Texas that you would continue to be at work there. And the Compassionate Ministry Center would be a place where people come to know your grace 
and your mercy and the life that you can give. I pray that you would give us eyes to see opportunities to serve even here in our community and to be the hands and feet of Jesus in a world that needs to see God's love in our actions. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of all that you're doing in our world. Help us to continue to be the agents of restoration and healing as your people. It's in your name I pray these things. Amen. May you go in his peace. Thank you for joining us online this morning, and we will see you next Sunday. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.